Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing, probably worth a Google. My uh, uh, attention-hogging son, Maxwell, will probably be in and out throughout the podcast, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, this is episode 263 of the podcast, and I just want to take this time to say that the Confederate States of America lasted only from 1861 to 1865, whereas this podcast started in October of 2014 and is still kicking into the summer of 2020. So I'm just saying, maybe replace some of these Confederate statues with statues of Bunny and I. Yes. Yes, I I, I completely agree. Yeah. I think that that is the only logical idea going forward. You know, I'm pretty excited about it. How you doing, Bunny? You doing good? I'm I'm doing pretty okay. Uh except like my vision is fucking shot. Your vision why is your vision shot? Well, that's that's from the diabetes. So it oh, may gosh. it may return to normal, you know. But but it's it's going downhill quick. I've been wearing these and over the past couple of days like these aren't even really helping much anymore. <laughs> wow, okay. So there well, we go. we're going to have to start doing the podcast in Braille, right? <laughs> Do you have type one or type two? Uh, it's type two. Okay, I don't know wife. what they make the distinction. Yeah, I don't know either. There, there's also a distinctions between different types of bipolar disorder and that. I don't I don't get that yeah. either. So that's fine. <laughs> For the first bit on this episode, I don't really have a lot written because this isn't really like a bit with finger quotes. It's more of a debate, a discussion, if you will. Okay. Okay. So due to the Black Lives Matter rallies, protests, and all of the civil unrest out there, America is really rethinking a lot of pop culture right now. Uh, The show Cops was canceled. Life PD was canceled. HBO Max pulled Gone with the Wind from their streaming service. Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's Rice and a few more companies are rethinking their packaging and stuff like that. Uh, And now fans online are calling on Disney to do what they call in the the in the the theme park world an overlay to their popular ride Splash Mountain to get rid of the Song of the South ride and replace it, which it would be very easy for them to do with the 2009 film The Princess and the Frog. Okay, Bunny, I, I heard so- about the ride. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? I don't care. Like, like I completely like, like what fucking Disney does is, is so beyond the point, you know? Okay, good. Get rid of the racist ride. I don't have any kind of problem with that, but like, 
what Disney does is not going to affect the world. You know, what the politicians do, that's what's going to change things. I care very much about what they do because I thought it was weird when it opened up in like 1989 or 1990. And I think it's weird now. Why base a very popular, uh, a very expensive uh, theme park ride on a movie you won't fucking release. <laughs> and it's, it's the weirdest thing when they announce it. And it's so weird now. Like, why did you spend millions of dollars making this incredible ride based on a movie that you don't have the balls to fucking release? It's weird that there is a Song of the South ride. Yeah, yeah, definitely weird, and and it's not like the first time Disney's been on the wrong side of fucking history, but but like the thing is, is that this is more, you know, this is where they're using the black 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 Lives Matter movement for for just fucking advertising purposes. Like, when's the last time you really discussed the Aunt Jemima maple syrup? You know, when have you actually sat down and? sat around the table and started discussing Aunt Jemima syrup. Well, I don't know. We never buy it because it's racist as fuck. <laughs> is, that, is that true? You never bought it? We, we no, never no, bought no. it because we always buy like store brands and shit. No, I mean, we may have bought it once or twice, but no, we, we don't go out of our way to get Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just awkward. I mean, because they stepped up on their own and said, we're getting rid of this. And then they got the whole country talking about them. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it's it's nice. You know what I mean? But, like, it's just more capitalism. It's just more, oh, we're getting rid of this. Now, Now buy our product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, my shit's falling. Hold on, hold on. I just think it's weird that, that they, they Disney released a ride for a movie that... It's odd that in 2020, Disney parks have... Their most popular ride is a rosy look at slavery. Yes. How bizarre is that? I'm fine with them getting rid of it, but they, there's a number of... Of um, what is it? Change.org. There's a number of. I keep forgetting really simple words. Petition. There you go. There was a, peti- a number of petitions online to uh, to to change the ride to the Princess and the Frog, and they got hundreds of thousands of signatures for all of these different petitions. But Disney hasn't said a goddamn thing. hasn't 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 said anything. You know, no statement. No, we hear you. No, nothing. You know, and so knowing Disney, I think they're just going to leave it, and that sucks because there's a pro-slavery ride at Disneyland and Disney World. Yeah, really freaking weird. Mm-hmm. Really weird. Anyway, that. It, I, I don't have anything written for that. That's just a discussion that I wanted to have. Well, I, I mean, I, I was aware of the story, but obviously you are our Disney horse historian. Yeah. You know, 
I cool. just joined a really great uh, Facebook group called Greedy Land, and it's a group not to make fun of Disneyland, but just to shit on how they keep raising the price every year, and it, it's just getting to the point where regular families can't afford to go to Disneyland. Yeah, That's really fucked up. So the princess and the frog is an underrated, an underrated Disney animated movie. It, 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 the folk, the entire main focus of the film when it came out was the first black Disney princess. Come witness history, history in the making. The first black princess. But the movie's really good, and the bad guy is played by Keith David. And, 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 oh, it's really fucking awesome. It's really great to see a Disney film and to see the villain in a Disney film and go, you were great wrestling, uh, fighting Rowdy Roddy Piper in that alleyway. (laughs) You should have just put the sunglasses on, so... I, I really like the princess and the frog, and it, it should get more credit. I than... I, I think the ride should be rena- re- remade for the movie The Black Hole. Nice. Okay. I, I mean, the movie what? does the movie know. does not get nearly enough love, and it would be like a science fiction space. Uh, space story with a big black hole all set on a southern pastoral river. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I dig that. It would, make, it would make Neil deGrasse Tyson's head explode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Hey! Yes. This is a very small segment, and I don't have anything written for it. It's just something that happened a few days ago that I needed to bring up here on the podcast. Is this your gender reveal? No. Oh, no, it is damn. Uh, let me first say that 2020 is a goddamn fucking nightmarish hellhole of a year. Where the absolute worst is happening, and uh, you know it, our our nation was on fire. Our nation is just in flames, and there's racial injustice, and innocent minorities are getting killed for no reason whatsoever. Murder hornets, yeah. Political corruption. It seems so long ago that when Australia was on fire, but that was just a small, small period in time ago. Yeah. And this year is just the absolute worst. And then the coronavirus and everybody being locked up and is is just absolutely fucking horrible. So this next bit of news should be no surprise to anyone. Okay. Uh... Oh, 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 what is what is this? Uh, Natasha just gave me a, a, a bulletin here. Uh, feral pigs eat and destroy $22,000 worth of cocaine hidden in an Italian forest. Oh, great. Coke boars. Yes. Boars for June. Yes. It's just we... like uh, there's a meme, and uh, 
the background's messing up. It's uh, it, it's that one scene from the cabin in the woods where they're all guessing on who's going to be the murderer. Yes. And it's the guy in front of the the the, the board. Coke bores for June. <laughs> yeah. So, twenty twenty is the worst, and and. It, this bit of news should come as no surprise because this year is horrible. The Guinness Book of World Records made an announcement this week that they are reinstating all of Billy Mitchell's world records. Oh, really? Billy Mitchell is once again the king of Kong, noted cheating, slimy, piece of shit, douchebag Billy Mitchell has had all of his Guinness World Records reinstated. He is once again the King of Kong. He he released a video uh, exclaiming how happy he was, uh, how big this victory is for him in video games. And it's just, it's like, dude, move on. Yes. Oh, like, number one, this is no surprise coming from coming from 2020. This is exactly what you expect to happen in the year 2020 because all of the villains are just surviving and thriving right now. Yeah, yeah. I, and, like, he's got to be in his 50s or, or late fucking 40s at least. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's fucked up. Your life is tied to an, to an 80s video game and just fucking move on. And it's so fucking sad to still see Billy Mitchell popping up on my goddamn timeline. Yes. Fucking shit. Goddamn douchebag. I saw that video and I was like, God damn it, Billy Mitchell. (laughs) Fucking right after Murder Hornets, Billy Mitchell shows up again. The fucking asshole. So... I just wanted to bring this up, Billy Mitchell. Well, this is this is what happens when you peak at seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where, so where exactly do? You, yeah, yeah. Where, where so do you go is, from oh, here? So sad. Funny. Yes. Let's talk about the summer movie season. It's summer, which means one thing. Blockbuster summer movies. Just kidding. Movies aren't a thing. Hollywood is dead. And seemingly every day or every other day, a movie release date is moved, pushed, changed, or just canceled entirely. Uh And now I'm in the position of going, hey, Steve. Do you know this one movie you saw the preview for 20 times in theaters and were excited to see in a theater? Well, it's on Netflix now, so watch it! <laughs> it's like, fuck, man, I don't want to do that. So movie release dates are changing around, and it, 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 movie release dates are popping like kernels in a microwavable popcorn bag, and I just wanted to talk about a few of them. The biggest date change is Tenet! Christopher Nolan's new film, you like Inception? It's kind of the same thing, but different. (laughs) And then all the fanboys are like, oh, oh, I need to change my underwear. So Tenet was all, we are not moving Tenet. It's July 17th release date will not be changed. This is our time. This is our release date, July 17th. And when theaters started closing down in like March and April, Tenet was still, hey, we know the theaters are closed. 
But here's a great time to open them. July 17th. Okay. You all open up by July 17th, just in time to watch our movie that we refuse to move, Tenet! It's basically Inception again. So the Tenet release date was a goddamn rock, and they're like, we're not moving this. This is when America's going to open back up again. The coronavirus will be gone, and you can all go and see Nolan's new movie. And So Tenet finally this week said, okay, how about this? July 31st. We'll move Tenet to then. But what they did was uh, now on July 17th, which is when Tenet was supposed to come out, they're going to re-release Inception in theaters with a special preview of their new film, Tenet. Okay. But now apparently the studio is considering even more date changes. So, like, who knows? when Tenet will come out. Then there's the new Mutants, the movie God doesn't want people to see. The new Mutants is now allegedly being released on August 28th, but since when are we believing the release date for a new Mutants movie? Yeah. I wouldn't trust it. Yeah. Apparently, Tom and Jerry had a movie coming out this December. They're, they're gonna... still working? I thought yeah. I thought Tom died in 2007. I don't know, but uh, they were going to have a movie coming out in December, but filming being put on hold meant that it's now being released in 2021. The Matrix 4 was pushed from 2021 to 2022. Fast and Furious 9 was pushed an entire year from summer 2020 to summer 2021. Not not that I care about the Fast and the Furious franchise. This one hurts the most. This next one hurts the most for me. Godzilla vs. Kong. Damn it, yeah. Was supposed to come out this November. I was excited because that meant that like probably around Black Widow or Wonder Woman, we'd get a preview. But now it's coming out May 21st, 2021. And it hurts, funny. It hurts. Yes, it hurts it personally. So many movies are just being pushed back an entire year. Uh, Fast, Fast and the Furious 9, the new Ghostbusters, this Peter Rabbit 2. The new, I was really excited for the new uh, Sony Spider-Man spinoff, Morbius. Yeah. I was really excited for that. That's been pushed back a year. And they were about to announce a surprise Bob's Burger movie, which was scheduled to come out this at the end of this summer. And now it's coming out sometime next year. And it's upsetting. How many movies? I have a list. I have a running list right here on my clipboard of all of the movies that I would have seen by now if movie theaters weren't closed down. Okay? Yeah. So these are all the movies that I would have seen in movie theaters by now. So here it goes. Mulan, The New James Bond, The Personal History of David Copperfield, A Quiet Place 2, The New Mutants, Fast and the Furious 9, Peter Rabbit 2, The King of Staten Island, In the Heights, My Spy, Scoob, Vivarium, Trolls World Tour, Wonder Woman 84, Artemis Fowl, Disney Pixar's new movie Soul, Antebellum, Bad Drip, the new Spongebob movie, and goddamn Black Widow! 
The thing that the thing that hurts is that I was excited to see the personal history of David Copperfield because the the guy who's playing David Copperfield is it was the star of uh, Yesterday. Okay. And I was excited to see him in something else, and, and it looked like a funny take on you know a classic story, and I was excited to see that, and then. About a magician who makes the Great Wall of China disappear, right? No, no, another David Copperfield. <laughs> David Copperfield. So they said, okay, yes, David Copperfield, which was uh, scheduled to be released in 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 May, will now be released in September. So so I'm really confused as to how I own a copy of the film. Yeah. Apparently it was leaked because I've got it. <laughs> I just don't want to see it because I don't want to see these movies at my freaking house. I was excited. I was really excited to see Kumal Nanjiani's movie, The Lovebirds. And it, it's a romantic crime caper comedy. And it, it was going to be him and Issa Rae, whom I really like. And it, it seemed to be a funny comedy that I would probably see maybe two or three times in theaters. And then they said, oh, it's being released on Netflix. And it's like, well, I don't want to see it now. <laughs> but then what's the difference? Because I was excited to see it a couple of times in the movie theaters. Why do I not want to see it on fucking Netflix? Yeah. This is what I'm going through right now. And it's, it's... really weird. You, you, your church has been taken away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very upset about it. I don't want to see. Like, I got a copy of Vivarium, and it looks really good, like this weird, bizarre, existential sci-fi movie. And I like. I was really, I saw the preview maybe once or twice in theaters, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to see that. Now I got a copy on my computer, and it's just, I don't want to fucking see it. At home, <laughs> I feel like I'm cheating on the movies. You yeah. know, it's yeah. weird. So that's so that's it. Uh, movies, it, it, movie theaters. AMC is apparently opening 450 of their movie theaters in the middle of July, and then they hope all 900 of their theaters will be open by the end of July. But what are you going to play when there's no movies coming out? Yeah. You know, it, 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 and it sucks because it, it's like, hey, the movie theater's open again. And I'm like, great. I'm so excited. And I just know that the movie is theaters are going to be filled with January, February shit. Yeah. And it's just going to suck. It's like, oh, movie theaters are open again. Great. And I'm going to get to the movies and they're going to be like, yes, please watch all of our films, including uh, I Still Believe. Uh-huh. Blood, Blood Spot or whatever the fuck that Vin Diesel movie is. Yeah. Blood, Blood Spot works for me. And God damn. So, yay, movies. <laughs> yeah. 
we still have uh, my internet connection is unstable. You're unstable, you son of a bitch. Fuck you. Okay, <laughs> we're good. Sometimes I gotta do uh, troubleshoot problems with my internet just for my internet to get back into shape. Yeah. Where it's my internet really sucks, and I go, okay, let me search for problems. My internet goes, problems? There's no problems. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're working. We're working. <laughs> How are you? It's like, oh, fuck. So then my, my diagnostic is like, what problems are you having? Because as far as we could tell, internet's doing fine. And it's like, it wasn't doing fine, but fucks. Yeah, it just jammed up right okay. there. We still got a full uh, uh, Hold up a second. Show to talk about Fred and the problems with Mike Nelson. Uh, I'm going to be dropping a bombshell during this week's movie. Okay. Very excited about that. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay, I'll take your word for that. We will be right back with more of the Pokemon film after this. Do 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 and break. Every heart is complete. So another heart is back. Those who wish to sing always, always August 14th, notes on experiment, designated X. Experimental subject, myself, James Xavier. X, the most fantastic experiment you have ever taken part in, presents Ray Moland in his most challenging role since his Academy Award-winning Lost Weekend. X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Are you all right? It's like a splitting of the world. More light than I've ever seen. Filled with light. X, the man with the X-ray eyes, tries to help the most desperate in our society and enjoys all the delights of secretly studying sexology. Headache? No, it's just my eyes. with the power to see what others cannot believe. He can overcome the unknown, save lives, and invade the glamour gambling casinos of Las Vegas and defy the goddess of chance. Don't draw. Don't draw. The next card's a face card. And Harry, you better go for the sheriff right now. Oh, my God. 
Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready? Are you revved up? Are you raring to go? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, raring. Just totally, yeah, straining at the leash. Well, then, without any further ado... It's time for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. So what the hell actually happened to David Copperfield? It seems like he just disappeared. That was his greatest trick of all. Yeah. Making his career disappear. Wow. In a much better way than J.K. Rowling's. Yeah. What the fuck happened there? <laughs> fuck David Copperfield. I miss Blackstone. Blackstone. Blackstone, yeah. the magician. He was like the gentleman magician. Yeah. And then David Copperfield came in with his tight pants all like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> So how are you doing? Uh, having a happy, really happy Father's happy. Day, by the way. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Happy Father's Day to everybody. That's what I've been saying to anyone who wishes me Happy Father's Day. I've been having a real difficult week, and I'm not sure why. I'm just really down and depressed, and it's, I, that, it, it, days have been blurring into each other and just uh, having a real difficult time. But I will say that I'm really proud of the city of Tulsa and internet trolls everywhere for how Donald Trump's rally went yesterday. That was pretty awesome. So great. And I, I, I read online just the idea of everyone reserve tickets to Trump's rally and then not go. And I'm like, I can do that. That's easy. So I, I got myself two tickets to the rally and then Amber came over and I told her that I got two tickets for the rally. And she said, Oh, that's, that's, that's funny. I got two tickets for the rally too. And as it turns out, our whole family had like eight or 10 tickets <laughs> reserved. Nice. So then that it, it was so funny throughout the entire week when people were saying, oh, my goodness, uh, 80,000 people have signed up for the rally. This is going to be amazing. What? Over 100,000 people have signed up for the rally? And their plan was, was that, oh, we need the biggest stadium in Tulsa and we're going to fill it to capacity because hundreds of thousands of people are going to be there to support our president. So we need an outside stage. Uh-huh. So that 
Trump can 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 uh, Trump can talk to the people outside and then go inside and greet the group there. And so they erected this massive outside set. And then Trump is flying into Tulsa and his plan was, oh, let's get Air Force One to low fly over the crowd and they can see that it's Air Force One. The hundreds of thousands of people will be there and cheer. And they had to cancel all of that because they barely filled the 18,000 seat arena. Yeah. And that's so fucking great. Yeah. They have footage of him going, getting off of Air Force One and going back to the White House after the event. And his tie is all undone and he's exhausted and depressed and he looks so sad like he's about to cry. And that sustains me. Yes. Donald Trump's sadness makes me feel so much better. So it was only something like five thousand people. I thought I heard who actually. Yeah, I read. I read. I read six thousand something. Yeah. Yeah. They they thought over a hundred thousand people would show up, and they couldn't fill a nineteen thousand seat arena, and that's just wonderful. And now they're saying that it was a combination of protesters stopping people from going inside, which is obviously bullshit, and also. Uh, I can't believe that uh, liberals are laughing about this when it's obvious that people didn't show up to the rally because they were concerned about the coronavirus. And it's like, oh, yeah, oh that's yeah. fucking bullshit in the world. Oh, this thing that you have been saying is fake for weeks. Now suddenly everyone's scared of the coronavirus. <laughs> and that's why you couldn't fill a 19,000 seat arena, you fucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that would that 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 made my week. That well, really cheered me. Think about it this way, okay? I would bet. I would bet real money. I think that REO Speedwagon can get a better draw. Yeah. You know, I, I believe there were more people when I saw Pauly Shore at the Arizona State Fair in the 90s. <laughs> Pretty sure more people showed up for Pauly Shore than for Donald Trump's first big rally. But to be fair, it, it was Pauly Shore and Howie Mandel. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Donald that's, Trump can't beat that massive of a draw. Yeah, that's a heavy hitting combination right there. Yeah. So how are you doing, Bunny? I'm keeping on. I'm feeling uh quite a bit better actually, except for the eyesight. That's yeah. uh that's gone downhill quickly. So hoping that clears up so I can read again. Uh yeah. other than that, like not a whole hell of a lot to report. You know, uh, no news is, is probably good news. Yeah, I mean the world is shit, and it keeps yep. saying shit. It gets it gets shittier. You know, uh, 
We're going to have to see what happens when we come out on the other side of this, if there is another side of this. So, yeah, I really don't have much this week because nothing much has happened. You know, nothing new has happened. Well, except for the war between China and India. I, I just gave Maxwell a teardrop tattoo. I'm not sure if you can see that, but uh, there you go. Yeah, it's right there. So he's he's killed a man. Yeah, you've killed a person now, Maxwell. You're going to be the toughest kid at school now. Yeah. You're welcome. You want a teardrop tattoo, too? Okay, come here. I'm giving everybody tattoos. Close your eyes. Close them. It's harder on your skin. Ow. Well, I'm again. Tattoos hurt. I'm almost done. <laughs> okay, that's close enough. There's your teardrop tattoo, Eleanor. Okay, you guys have all killed a man, so no one will mess with you in the prison yard. Okay, unless you're Johnny Depp, and then you have to dance. So you're good. All right. Yeah, unless you're Johnny Depp. Uh, anything in the world I missed? Uh, not that I know of. It's been difficult to focus on the news this week, you know, because everything's shit. So it's, I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted with America, with politics, with the news, with the state of the world. Uh I'm just exhausted with everything, you know? Yeah. Just exhausted. It's exhausting being this upset. Uh huh. You know, it's just so. Everything is so much. Everything is so much. Everything that. Yeah, I'm. I'm just happy that that Trump was hurt this week. In the place that hurts him the most, his ego. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. And that made me feel a whole lot better. Well, you know, it's it's stressful living in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, what can you say? I mean, uh, you know, my fear is still that we're not even close to rock bottom, but we're hell-bent to get there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean... I, I at at this point with the way things are shaping up I hate to make this prediction but I'm expecting a massacre somewhere. Yeah. I'm expecting that to be one of the next big news events. You know, because down here in Colorado Springs, we have the fucking we have fucking local militias with guns mixing in with the protesters. The cops let a fucking militia person up on one of the roofs to act as a fucking sniper. Now, how long can things remain stable with that kind of insane element added into it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, you, 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 they will tell you that they are there to protect the protesters, but 
But if you check out their Facebook pages or things like that, they are waiting for Trump to give the order to shoot. Yeah. 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 And then they're going to start massacring people. So we literally have people with guns mixed in waiting to massacre people. So how long does do we maintain that yes. before that goes horribly, horribly fucking wrong? Yeah, there's a there. It's 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 upsetting to me when the when the 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 protests the the George Floyd protests started happening. Like I'm I'm sitting here going. Anyone can plainly see that, you know, that there are, are white people mixed in with the George Floyd protests that are uh, setting fires and causing riots uh-huh. and, and, and doing all of this damage. And they're they're doing this so that they can start a, a race war and a race riot. And, and it's plain to see. But then all the the politicians are saying, are, oh, well, these dangerous leftists. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're all still under the mass delusion that the coronavirus is over. Right. Yes, we are. Interesting that it's not spiking from the protests. I found that really interesting. I really thought we were going to get spikes off of that, but they're wearing their masks. And I guess they're keeping enough yeah. of a distance that it hasn't been a significant yeah. problem, you know, but what are you going to do? You know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're st- people are saying that we're not going to see a spike over the Trump rally. We're just not going to see enough of the spike because there weren't enough people. But those people are going to get fucking sick. The ones who were there. Yeah. You know, even though there weren't any, weren't very many people there, they crowded themselves in. Yeah. Yeah. Put that, put that back in. Thank you, Eleanor. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have, I don't have anything else. Yeah. No. Let's just call it a short one this week. Cool. And cut. Yes. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? But only real fans, true hardcore fans, would know two things. Two things about us. Two fundamental truths and not at all made up upon the spot facts about the two of us uh bunny and steve first and foremost is the fact that in your spare time bunny you are a country music songwriter which i always admired about you tell the audience bunny just a few of the songs that you have written um my my dog likes it doggy style Nice. Um, horse pussy smells like hay. Um, huh? That's my that's that's my favorite Dwight Yoakam song. 
saddle that cow and ride it all night. You know, and, and and my big hit, eat at Joe's. Uh, eat at O's. <laughs> eat at O's. Yeah, uh, and it's, the- it's just a hobby. I I I I, I want to be the Chuck yeah. Tingle of country music. That's yeah, why. That's I mean, why so many of my songs they they involve bestiality of some sort. Yeah, well, we all need hobbies. That's why I manually masturbate animals for artificial insemination. <laughs> and the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So here's what I like to do. Oh, Natasha just found out about the the, the prison tattoos I gave the kids. I don't want any. Somebody messing with them in the in the, the jail yard. I'm not careful. You know, during recess, you know, when they're all in the yard. Oh. I don't want anybody shanking him. I gave one Eleanor too, but she freaked out, so I only gave her half of a teardrop. <laughs> yeah. But they look tough. They look tough. The socias aren't gonna mess with them now. No. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, but yeah. But, but what? Taking my Mexican child and making him a stereotype. I am not. I'm making him an Austin type. Dark skin, teardrop tattoo. Who did he murder? Who knows? He's Mexican. He's bad news. Stay away from me. Wow, way to turn it on me. Way to turn it on me. But can't you see see the resemblance to Johnny Depp? Yeah. Crybaby. I know. Crybaby. Nope. And so I'm a lover of history. So this is the part of the show where I get a story from uh, the history books, maybe one that you don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, dun, dun. Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short and direct. And my son thinks that people should use it instead of shoot. Like, oh, SHAP, I forgot my keys. SHAP! That was his idea. That was Maxwell's idea. I think it's a pretty good idea. It's a good one. It's a good one. And so this week on the old SHAPity SHAP SHAP, I've got two words for you. Two words, Bunny. Are you ready for the two words? Yes, I am. The two words are goat testicles, Bunny. Okay. Goat testicles. Wikipedia, Bunny, is an amazing thing. And uh, one time I was working at the bookstore and I was helping this old lady find something, find a book, and I knew where it was. Let me take you to it. And I took her to it and she gets the book and, and, and we start talking this really old white lady and she asked me if i knew what wikipedia was and i said yes and and i told her i use it regularly and this 80 something year old white woman was just shocked and i oh but this is just the you know this isn't an encyclopedia or anything like that this is just people online agreeing to what should be history why would you use this and how could i trust it how can you trust information that you find on the internet and i told her that that i wouldn't use it for a school report on world war ii but if i forgot the names of the two Darrens on Bewitched. Yeah. 
I go to Wikipedia and this woman's face just lit up because here's this <laughs> young, long-haired Mexican kid talking about bewitched. I was speaking her language. Yeah. Yes, and you were. Like, I wouldn't use it to learn about like social unrest in Yemen. Uh-huh. But if I wanted to know about the writing of the Gilligan's Island theme song, I go to Wikipedia. So I really love Wikipedia. And if you really look hard enough, it can be filled with some really amazing things that have, that I believe have been lost to history. Case in point, this week's story, all about a man named John R. Brinkley. Okay. The notorious goat doctor who almost became governor of Kansas before dying penniless. We will be discussing this man, John R. Brinkley. The R stood for Romulus. So I looked up Romulus, and apparently Romulus is the name of the planet that the Romulans called home following their exodus from the planet Vulcan. I didn't know that about Star Trek. I looked it up, but I want to talk about this. So you mean to tell me that Romulans were from Vulcan? Yes. And then they said, we've got to flee the planet Vulcan. Where should we go? Oh, where should we Romulans go? I don't know where, where the Romulans should go. Hey, what about the planet Romulus? <laughs> That sounds like the most ridiculous fucking shit imaginable. You mean to tell me that there was a planet called Romulus that the Romulans went to? That's just bad songwriting, Petey. Well, they were probably Vulcans when they went. Okay. Okay. Well, yes, Maxwell? Um, Romulus? Kind of sounds like Roman. What is the Romulus? The, the Romulus. The Romans. Uh, yes. what they the Romans from the planet Romanless. What, what if they came to Earth and then transformed into Romulus? Oh, so we're eating aliens when we eat so, ramen noodles. And we're, like, you're saying. we're like destroying their, like, now they're endangered. Gotcha. And we're like making them. So this is the story of John Brinkley, born in 1885 in Jackson County, North Carolina, to a poor mountain man who, quote, practiced medicine, which I think in 1885 meant that he probably didn't go to a fucking medical school. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Like, are you a doctor? No, but let me take a look. I think is what that means. Yeah, it's kind of so like John, it's kind of like your friend who knows about cars. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I could take a look. So, growing up, uh, John Brinkley's parents died when he was very young, and he dreamed of one day practicing medicine like his father. That was his dream, and that's kind of important. But he went to school and got a job delivering mail and eventually worked his way up to telegraph operator. Oh. Then he met in love and uh, he met and fell in love with a woman named Sally. They were married and shortly afterwards they started traveling from small rural town to small rural town pretending to be Quaker doctors 
offering toxic miracle cure sort of nonsense. You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, you know, miracle elixirs, that sort yes. of shit. Yeah. Yes. Radium so, tonic. Yeah, stuff like that. You know the drill. After a year of this scam, they settled in Chicago. They had a child. And John Brinkley enrolled in Bennett Medical College, a well-respected and exceptional, just kidding, it was a crazy-ass uncredited school for quacks. <laughs> and he racked up quite a bill because they had a hard time paying for the the the, the tuition. And so he worked double shifts and triple shifts to try and afford the school. His relationship got rocky and they broke up and got back together a couple of times. Eventually, they left Chicago and also left a crap ton of unpaid bills like the bill collectors were after this man. OK, and they ended up moving all over the country until finally John got a medical diploma of sorts from a shady scam diploma mill. And his wife finally left him, due in part to John's mad quest of becoming a questionably credentialed doctor. Eventually, John goes into business with a guy named James Crawford. They're in South Carolina, and they find men that are worried about their stamina. Oh, man, I'm so worried about my stamina and my virility. And I'm so worried about that and my vigor and shit. And what James Crawford and our man John R. Brinkley start doing is they go, they start injecting colored water into their private parts. Okay. Like you do. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, "What, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, oh, this? It's brand new electric medicine from Germany. You know, the Germans always make good stuff. That's from the ShamWow commercial. I took that part from the ShamWow commercial. Each injection costs in today's money roughly $700. And after two months of uh, colored water injections, they fled the city because people were getting pissed and they were just basically scared lot of money and also the bill collectors were were after the both of them like freaking hunting them down well they they were pissing like red and blue and mauve and teal (laughs) yeah eventually john got work at a slaughterhouse and the guys working there working on the kill floor and stuff like that they would talk afterwards they'd go to a bar get a drink smoke a cigar and they'd talk and a lot of the talk was around hey you know what the most healthiest animal is? It's the goat. Let me tell you, goats are healthy and they're virile and they have strength. That's the healthiest animal right there. And John Brinkley's all, huh, mental note. Remember that or later in the story. So then John Brinkley fought in World War One, albeit only for two months. He had a nervous breakdown and was discharged. Okay. Back in the States, he got married a second time. Never mind the fact that he was technically still married to the first wife. But this time around, he said, okay, I am married to a new woman. I'm going to start a new life. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to turn the corner. I, John Romulus Brinkley, am going to lead a straight life 
the straight and narrow. I'm going to turn my life around for realsies this time. Okay. So he sets up a clinic in Milford, Kansas. He opens up a clinic, and as far as history shows, he he does good. He is a beloved in the town. He's really friendly. He makes house calls. He pays everyone real fucking good. And when the flu pandemic hits the town, he treats the town with kindness and grace and goes to everyone's house and makes sure that they're healthy. He really did seem to turn his life around. And he was finally being the doctor he always wanted to be. Good for him. Then one day, a man comes into his clinic. Okay. Oh, the man's all, gee, I feel so weak and lazy. I have no drive to even get up in the morning, let alone please my wife. I sure do have problems with virility and manhood. I'm sexually weak. If only there was some sort of cure, I wouldn't pay anything, anything to help me. problem that I have with my manhood if only someone could help me yes yeah and this sets John's inner scam artist into overdrive like imagine Jared from Subway going to a girl scout meeting And I imagine this guy's doing his spiel and John Brinkley's just there biting his nails like all nervous. Like in those cartoons where Sylvester the Cat is trying not to get Tweety Bird. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was that was John Brinkley. And finally, you know, the man can't resist and he's like, I have just the remedy. You see, the healthiest, most virile animal in all of nature is, of course, the goat. Their energy and stamina are unmatched. And if you want that sort of strength and vitality for yourself, then all I have to do is a really simple surgical procedure. I need to cut open your ball sack. And plop in two goat testicles. Okay. Which he did for this one guy and a number of other men. And in today's numbers, each goat testicle surgery netted John Brinkley roughly $10,000 per surgery. Not bad. So suddenly, John R. Brinkley is back to scamming. Fun fact, the goat testicles were not surgically grafted onto the body. No, they were dropped loosely into the testicle sack like a pebble in a can of soda, bunny. <laughs> plop, plop. Imagine a cup of water. Now imagine you're, you've got an upset stomach, so you plop two alcohol that are the goat testicles going into your nutsack. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine, buddy. Just imagine. I hate to do this, but just imagine feeling your testicles. Now imagine there's two others just rambling around in there. Yeah. Like like mints in your mom's purse. <laughs> just rolling around in there. Yeah. You got four nuts all of a sudden. Two of them came from an animal that eats trash. And it's amazing. 
And really, why why even bother? I mean, you know, you could just cut open the scrotum, sew it back up again, and say you put fucking goat testicles in there. Yeah, he would Who's put gonna actual, know? put actual goat testicles in there. Uh John Brinkley's goat testicles tram- transplants became a huge hit. He did more and more. And again, he's not a doctor. Not a doctor. He's doing these surgeries, oftentimes drunk. His clinics are not sterile environments. And sure, some people got infections. And yeah, an, a, an unknown amount of people died. But it doesn't matter because John Brinkley's back on his scams and he's making crazy cash. He doesn't care. He doesn't stop. And in the 1920s, this is what propelled him to celebrity status. Okay. There are a few tiny articles about the, the, the goat man the goat doctor who's out there doing these experiments. But what really made him famous in the day, in the 1920s, was one of the men who somehow survived the procedure had a son. Okay. And the the man credited this with, (laughs) I didn't have a child before. And now that I've had this surgery, I I have created a son. And the newspapers fucking ran with it. Goat baby born. Goat land boy is healthy and strong. Thanks to Dr. Brick. Brinkley's revolutionary goat gland procedure. Our boy John Brinkley becomes famous, nationwide famous, worldwide famous headlines. He's all over the place. He starts touring the nation. People come from all over to his clinic to take part in the procedure, and he starts touring across America. He even ran for governor of Kansas twice and almost won. That is how popular he became through the 1920s and 30s, thanks to his weird goat testicle procedure. He had his own radio station. Okay. Radio show toured America. He had a he had a biography commissioned about his life, which sold like hot cakes. And the papers at the time reported that many Hollywood bigwigs lined up for the goat procedure. The way the story went was he wanted to set up clinics for his goat procedure in all of the major cities in America. So we went to L.A. and said, I want a clinic here. And L.A. said, no, 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 you're not setting up But but we will do this. You are very popular and people really want your procedure. So how about this? We'll give you a temporary license. So he shut up. He set up a temporary shop for like 30 days. And all of these fucking Hollywood actors and directors and big wigs and studio heads lined up to pay to pay him thousands of dollars to get goat testicles implanted in them. And this was uh, John Brinkley's life through the 1920s and 1930s, dude was rich and famous. Meanwhile, the American Medical Association has been keeping eyes on him. They've been sending spies into his clinic, and they've been keeping records of all the shit he's doing. Finally, they have enough. So in 1938, the editor of the Journal of the American Medical Association 
a Morris Fishbein MD published a two-part series of articles entitled Modern Medical Charlatans, which featured an in-depth look into John Brinkley's life and his so-called credentials. Well, John Brinkley was pissed because he was super famous and rich at the time. And so he sued uh, Morris Fishbein and the American Medical Association for liable. And the court ruled in favor of, of course, Morris Fishbein, M.D. So John Brinkley was deemed a quack, and this unleashed a massive torrent of lawsuits, all totaling around $3 million in 1930s time money. Yeah. yeah. That, $3 million then. And then the IRS came knocking because apparently he was also committing tax fraud on the side. And then the United States Postal Service came knocking because also mail fraud. And all of this was just too much for our boy. And he died penniless in San Antonio. He was buried at Forest Hill Cemetery in Memphis, where his grave to this day is still defaced. Okay. Regular basis. And that is it for the story of John Brinkley, the goat testicle doctor. But here's the thing. Numerous books have been written about this guy. His entire life is a story. Simply the story of his owning a radio station. Yeah is in and of itself a novel because technically he was the first person in like the 1920s to ever have what they call a border buster station. I might be messing up the name, but he was the first person to have a radio station right on the fucking border between America and Mexico. Uh And he's just like, hey, we're going to play American music and Mexican music, and we're going to talk to you. And, and and his station became a hit in Mexico. Uh-huh. And they loved it there. And then eventually America said, okay, John Brinkley, we're shutting down your radio station. And he said, fine. And just hopped the border yeah. and set up another station right on the border that was suddenly blaring to America. And he set up at the time the largest radio tower in all of North America. So he would he would be like broadcasting from the border of Mexico and you could hear him clearly in Kansas City. Yeah. Because that's how tall his radio station was. Um, FYI, while learning this story, I heard that in 2016, they made a partially animated documentary about him. Oh, yeah. And it's just called Nuts. (laughs) I spent like three days looking for it, and I finally found it last night. So eventually, when we're done with the summer of Fred Willard, we are going to have to do the documentary Nuts. I haven't seen it yet because I wanted to do the Shap first. Yeah. But I love the fact that this guy became famous for dropping animal testicles in people's nut sacks and it's like how does everyone not know this amazing story and i think we glossed over just a couple of points here that we sort of need back need to go back to okay did goat boy have horns no 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 he didn't have horns what a goddamn disappointment that is what 
His name was Billy, and he was a healthy, <laughs> normal boy. Okay. And then second, really, like, like you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Okay. But if, if you found yourself in a position where you're about to take a knife and cut open another man's nutsack, you're going to want to have a couple of drinks first. You know, you're going to want to be, be loose. You know, you want to be relaxed. You know, you want to put other thoughts out of your mind and, 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 you know, just do it. Funny. Yes. I have been researching this story for about a week and a half. Yeah. It wasn't until just now that Maxwell informed me that the kid's name is Billy Goat. Billy. Yeah. I not noticed that this whole time I've been like ordering Amazon and shit. How did I not realize that the goat boy they named Billy? How did I not come? How did I not like connect dot one and dot two? Yeah, Billy Goat. Billy Goat. Okay, now I get it. Thank you, Maxwell. I just figured that out. I'm such a freaking idiot. Anyway, that's he just, it. He just sounds like a predecessor of Bat Boy. Yeah. 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 So that's it for John Brinkley. They announced that they were making a big budget Hollywood movie about his life. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. was set to star as John Brinkley. But unfortunately, that was announced in 2017, and nothing else has been heard from this movie since. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that this movie isn't happening anymore. Because, I mean, if they announced the casting in 2017, the movie should be done by now. Yes. Yes, it should. So I'm still, I'm still though, crossing my fingers in the hopes of seeing Robert Downey Jr. put goat testicles in people's bodies. Because th- this is an amazing story. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be talking about two more words Irish Dracula. Okay. That's next week's chef. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. Isn't Dracula pretty much Irish anyway? No, no, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. I'm working on an Irish Dracula impersonation, but it's difficult. So it's like, oh, hi, that there's the the creatures of the night there, don't you know? Like, I, I start Irish and then end up Minnesotan. Yeah. So I'm working on that. <laughs> oh, hi, what beautiful music they make there. So I, I'm, I'm, working, I'm working on it. Yeah. But that's next week. Join us next week for more. Bunny. Yes. We still have a movie to get to. I don't have the most about the movie, but I will be dropping a bombshell that will change the fate of this podcast forever. Okay. okay. I, I am I am looking forward to this. And I'm serious about this. A bombshell. Okay. And also the fact that that like this movie's a remake. And that's really yeah. weird yeah. for the fifth. It's really weird for a movie from 1958 to remake a 1953 movie. Like 
that's really weird. Yeah. They're like, hey, you know this B movie that we made then? Let's make it again. <laughs> it's, it's real weird, but but maybe we should take a break first. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Play us out, Maxwell. Do, 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 do. Yes, and break. Bob doesn't like to commit himself about heaven or hell. Hell, hell, Oklahoma is not a national embarrassment. Hurricane David is poised to be the first hurricane. It's a storm. That's what's driven them all up north. I've never seen so many up north so bold. It's barely even raining. It's flooding here. And not the plumbing, the ocean. You need to go home. I'm not going anywhere. Storm's coming and it's coming fast. Just can't sit back and watch this. Tornado's heading towards the airport. We need to destroy it before it gets to them. Watch out! You can't just wait here and wait sharks to rain down on us. bombs into the tornadoes. It's too dangerous. Too many of them. We're gonna need a bigger chopper. Claudia, ah! move! It's time to leave Kansas, mate. And we're back with more of the Popon film. Act three, Act three. <laughs> Ooh, that was some Vincent Price there. <laughs> that was nice. I like that. You really went for it. Yeah. Uh, yes, Bunny, my friend. It is time once again for this podcast to slowly, casually mosey our way into the third and final act of the Pope on Film. And for the uninitiated amongst you out there in the ether, the third and final act of this podcast is where we finally and eventually discuss our handcrafted, hand and hand-jobbed move of the week. And this week, I have something to say that will change the fate of this podcast and, dare I say, the world! Okay. We continue our summer of Fred Willard with a look at Rift Tracks presents Missile to the Moon. Yes. And Bunny, 
I do mean that intro. I've got something shocking to drop on you and on everyone. But first, let us start off the discussion the way that we start every Fred Willard movie with a trip into the Fred Willometer. Yes. Discussing how much Fred Willard is in this film. This is our fourth Fred Willard movie this summer. Already we have done Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, A Mighty Wind, and Moving Violations, and now Rift Tracks presents Missile to the Moon. And I dare say, I have a number of Fred Willard movies for our summer of Fred Willard. I had an idea for another themed summer that I thought we should do, but instead Fred Willard died, so we did this. But my original idea was... We we spend the entire summer watching every SNL movie. Okay. So we watch the Coneheads, It's Pat, Superstar, Night at the Roxbury, and all the other uh, SNL, Wayne's World, Wayne's World 2, uh... The Ladies Man. I had a whole list of movies, but then Fred Willard died, and we had to. Because I don't think any of those movies are good. No, at all. But it still would have been fun to do. But instead, it's Fred Willard, the summer of Fred Willard, and I. I dare say this might be the most Fred Willard we get in any of our movies. That is what I'm thinking so far. This is the highest on the Fredo Fredometer. Um, Fred Willometer. Fred Willometer. Yes. Fred Willometer. I think this is the highest. It it's got to be at least fifty percent Fred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. Technically, uh, Fred Willard isn't in Missile to the Moon, but instead of a whole team of people riffing on this movie, it's just. Uh, our man Fred Willard trading barbs with Mike Nelson. May he rot in hell. Okay. But despite my feelings on Mike Nelson, which we will get to in just a little bit, I've never trusted great. him. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to get into that. It's just great to hear Fred Willard cracking wise all over this movie with his, I dare say, iconic voice. Yes. This is a much what a must watch riff for all the Fred Willard heads out there. And right now it's free to watch on Tubi TV, along with every episode of Lucha Underground and a really great travel show called Travel Sick that I really love where a, a British comedian Grub Smith goes to different countries and has these gross challenges he has to do in each country. And <laughs> it's really fun and stupid. Uh, so Tubi TV, it's free to sign up. There's a bunch of good stuff on it. So, so there's our Fred Willometer. Now, before I drop the bomb, Bunny. Okay. Let's do some stats on the movie itself. Missile to the Moon. Missile to the Moon is a 1958 black and white science fiction movie that has been colorized by legendary films, which also colorized Plan 9 from Outer Space, The Bastards. Yeah. I, I was wondering how the why the blue was so blue. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was black and white. It was a black and white film. Um, 
this is one of many films that you can point to and say, and God spoke was right. People do use Vasquez rock too much. <laughs> this is one of those things. Like most of the time when people say Vasquez rock, you think of Kirk. Yeah. You know, alien planet fighting like a green dinosaur type person, but oh my God, so much has been filmed there. Like fucking missile to the moon. Yeah. So, Missile to the Moon is a direct remake of a film that came out five years before Cat Women on the Moon. Yes. And that is fascinating to me. So Astor Pictures released Cat Women on the Moon in 1953. It's on the hard drive, and, and I watch it every once in a while because it's just a fun, stupid science fiction movie about going to the moon where there's a race of sexy women. And it's only like an hour and 10 minutes, and it's just fun and stupid, and, and I really, really like it. And so the movie was a hit. So five years later, Astor Pictures said, let's just make it again. <laughs> so they made it again. Apparently, the reason why they remade the film was because in the original Cat Women on the Moon, here's all these sexy women on the moon. And maybe they can uh, uh win the heart of these 50 and 60 year old actors. Yes. So the idea for missile to the moon was what if we make this again, but this time actually try and have young people in it. So that's why there's like a, <laughs> Hey, I just boosted this car. Maybe we should hide out in this spaceship. Hey, why are we st we're stuck in here? Hey, don't you crack wise on me, Jimmy? You know, like, <laughs> way of like younging it up yes. so but my question is like I've seen Cat Women, Cat Women on the Moon numerous times uh -huh. I don't think they remade everything because I swear some of the reactions to the rock monsters are the exact same fucking thing <laughs> yeah I swear to God, they got a few scenes of the rock monsters and and added from Catwomen and added it to Missile. I am pretty sure. I would not be surprised. So, so there are certain episodes of Mystery Science Theater that I watch so much that I just I have them memorized, absolutely memorized. The way you memorize a song, like you memorize all the lyrics to Hotel California, yeah. or you memorize all the lyrics to uh, 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 Stairway to Heaven. Okay, I have like. Manos, The Hands of Fate, and The Amazing Colossal Man that's just burned into my brain. So when I was watching the credits to Missile to the Moon, I was pleasantly surprised because the female star, Steve's fiance June, is played by Kathy Downs on the first chair. <laughs> From The Amazing Colossal Man, when they're doing the credits, they go, and our junior trombone, Kathy Downs on the first chair. And it's like, oh, shit, that's the chick from Amazing Colossal Man. Oh, <laughs> for me, recognizing some old ass actress from the 50s, you know, yeah. like, yeah. 
And also I looked it up, the dark haired convict. He seemed familiar. And I don't think I've ever seen this, but apparently the dark haired convict, that's Gary Clark, who was super famous for playing Steve the Ranch Hand in the TV Western, The Virginian. Okay. Yeah. I I was never big on Westerns. I never saw The Virginian, but I'm just saying that Right now, in my heart, every TV Western is once upon a time dot 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 in Hollywood to me. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, when I heard that the dark-haired convict was the ranch hand in the Virginian, the first thing I thought of was, here, put these on. Don't cry in front of the Mexicans. I love that movie so much. My wife just ordered me a t-shirt and it has a fake poster for the 14 fists of McCluskey on it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm really excited to wear the shirt because I'm not wearing a shirt from the movie. I'm wearing a shirt with a fake poster from a movie from a movie. Yes. Like I'm really getting meta. With my movie love. And I'm just going to come out and say it. I think Quentin Tarantino should make the 14 fists of McCluskey. Yes. I know he already has kind of with Inglorious Bastards, but I think that he should just do it. Right now, he is apparently working on actual full length episodes of Bounty Law, and that'll be interesting. But I'm like, I want every fake movie. Yeah. In that movie to be real. I want the 14 fists of McCluskey. He should really re-team with Robert Rodriguez. I want to see his episode of Hullabaloo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for my bombshell? I don't know, man. I don't know. I you know, this is 2020, man. I don't know how much I could take. Oh my god, get ready for this. Okay. Okay. So Go for it. When I see duos, the way I always see it is there's always when it comes to a duo, there's always like the serious one. Okay the straight man, the brains behind the outfit who takes this seriously and works really, really hard to make sure that everything's great. And then there's the one who kind of takes it one day at a time and kind of doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And the way that it always goes is the one who doesn't give a fuck is always much more popular than the one who who takes things seriously and actually works. The way yeah. I always see it is sort of like, uh, okay, there's Matt Hardy who takes wrestling seriously, and then there's Jeff Hardy who's always getting into DUIs and doesn't care about his body, and everybody loves him. Yeah. That's also Habit and Costello. That's also Laurel and Hardy. That's also every team of people. Yes. You know, every team of men, I always see this. So the way I always saw it was there's Mike, the head writer who takes riff, who takes riffing seriously and was the brains behind writing MST3K for so long. And then there's 
let's just fucking do it, Joel. Yeah. Joel. And I know that Joel that that MST3K was his idea and his brainchild. And I know that he worked really hard on it, but the way I always saw it was, okay, there's Joel, and then there's fucking sorry ass Mike. And I never trusted Mike. Okay? Yes. Just like you said, I never trusted Mike and there was something about him. And so um, I was originally going to talk about Fred Willard doing this riff track, talk about the movie and then talk a lot about riff tracks and go deep into riff tracks and how it was created and the fight between Joel and Mike and their competing riffing type shows Joel with cinematic Titanic and all of that. But then I felt like, you know what? I've done that before on the podcast. We've already done this. We've already tackled this. I need sort of different take on it. So I started looking into Mike Nelson born on October 11th, 1964 in St. Charles, Illinois. His ancestry is Danish, German, and Irish, which is a really funny way of saying white. Yes. And uh, and I'm learning about him, and none of this is exciting. None of this is really thrilling. And then I get to the personal life part, okay? Okay. Let me read to you from Mike Nelson's Twitter, from Mike Nelson's Wikipedia page about his personal life, okay? Are you ready for this? Okay. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
America alone, the end of the world as we know it, about how horrible life is under Obama and like real fucking trash. Really? Yeah, that's Mark Stein. Oh, that's the I thought that was Mike. Mike. <laughs> no, Mark Stein. No, he Mike said that he reads Time Mark for Stein. A little more, more of this then. <laughs> on a regular basis. And that's a real red flag. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a real red flag. So, so, so that's not the bombshell, okay? Okay. So, a Twitter account, a Twitter account by the name of at Lost Turntable posted this at the beginning of, of this week. And I'm going to read his tweets verbatim. Okay. Did you know that Mike Nelson of MST3K fame has a podcast? It's with Doug Ten Napel and some other dude. It's called Audio Mullet. Here are some summaries of recent episodes of the podcast. These are official summaries taken from their webpage. So he so so the rest of the tweet. So, so the next three tweets are descriptions of episodes of the podcast that come from their website. Okay. May 30th. We aren't sure where Mike is. We hope he is okay. He is in Minneapolis where massive rioting has broken out. So Doug and Ethan talk about the situation, the frustration, racism, and all of the things you're not to allowed to weigh in on if you're a white person. Okay. So here's the May 9th episode of their podcast. Will America ever be the same after the COVID lockdown and the destruction of our economy? All of this paranoia and hall monitoring? Okay, so hall here monitoring? is a yeah hall monitoring. So here's the description for the May second episode of the podcast. Quote: Two of the three mullets, Doug and Mike, discuss the proper Christian response now that we are, for all intents and purposes, living in a police state. So already there's some red flags. Yeah, you know. So, well, so we are that, living in a police state. I mean, they got that right, but yeah, but I don't think the reasons are probably all fucking wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, so then Lost Turntable keeps going, and he he tweets the most recent episode really got me though. Mike isn't there, but Doug and the other guy read listener mail. One listener complains that Doug uses the word fag too much. Apparently, okay. Doug uses the word enough for it to warrant an email in 2020, but it gets even worse. Doug Ten Napel's response to this is to chicken shit around the issue for a bit, hem and haw about vulgarity and being crude and avoid it for as much as possible until he finally caves and gives an answer to why he says fag and faggy. And here is his answer. The point of using the word fag is not to address homosexuals at all, or the N-word, or pussy doesn't mean anything about women at all. What I'm making fun of is a Christian who votes liberal. Mike Nelson is an okay. on 
Mike Nelson isn't on this episode, but judging from the descriptions of the episodes he is on, it is safe to say that he doesn't feel all that different than Tug than Doug on this issue. So hey, fuck Mike Nelson, fuck T- Doug Ten Napel, and fuck Rift Tracks. That's going to be a long title. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Nelson and Doug Ten Napel. Are homophobic, neocon, racist pieces of shit. I'm done ever supporting any content that involves Mike Nelson, and I'm pretty sure I'll never watch an episode of MST3K with him again either. Fuck that dude, he's a piece of shit. So he tweeted this, uh, yeah, he tweeted this a couple of days ago, and it got traction on Twitter, and suddenly I was like, now this I can talk to about on the podcast. But then Mike Nelson released a statement literally i i discovered this a few hours before the podcast and this is his statement thanks for your concern and i appreciate the chance to address this i started a podcast a few years back with doug ten napel and ethan nicole which because of time constraints i have pulled away from and become more of an infrequent guest on certain recent episodes of which i did not take part doug made statements that many found hurtful i hope it is clear that those statements are doug's and not mine but listening to your concerns and taking them seriously i have decided to end my involvement with the podcast i sincerely apologize to anyone hurt by my participation in this podcast and wanted to be clear that i denounce bias against anyone based on race sexual orientation or sexual identity thanks for hearing me out mike nelson and i'm sorry but riff tracks is over for me (laughs) hashtag riff tracks is over party no i still want the mystery science theater tattoo yeah. Rift tracks is something completely different. And I'm done with Rift tracks. And I, even if I know that he, Mike Nelson didn't say, uh, 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 fag and, 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 and he probably didn't mean it. But the fact that he, he created this, the facts are he's still a far right wing piece of shit. Yeah. And, you know, like, like I'm done with Rift tracks. You know, I I just like this is enough for me to stay away. Yeah, yeah. I so, I would agree. So yeah, hashtag Rift Tracks is over party because I'm done with Mike and I'm done with Rift Tracks. I am done with like even if like okay, so he 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 doesn't agree with with the statements made in the podcast and he's distanced himself from the podcast. Great. You still created a podcast where this can happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, they never said anything strange in front of you before on any of the shows you were on. Yeah. You know, you didn't like kind of pick up on something. No, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rift Tracks is over for me. And basically he just comes down to I didn't say fag, he said fag. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, just like <laughs> that's that's not an appropriate response. Yeah. So so yeah, that's 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 all I've gotten for this 
movie this week. It's great to hear Fred Willard, but goddamn, I'm I'm I. I was already looking for a reason to hate Mike, and this is enough of a reason for me to hate Mike. Yeah. Even if the podcast wasn't around, the simple fact that he is like a right-wing Christian is enough for me to step away from Rift Tracks. Yeah. But the fact that he's on this podcast that just seems to not care about gay people at all, like, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm done. I, I don't want to know... I, I I just you just know that in the back of Mike's head he has some questionable thoughts about Black Lives Matter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm done with Rift Tracks. And and I think if if people learned about this story, that yeah, I think a lot more people would be done with Rift Tracks too. Unfortunately, there are Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater stands out there that will stand for Mystery Science, all Mystery Science Theater, no matter what. In much the same way uh, that there are WWE fans, yeah, that will that will never say anything bad about WWE or Vince McMahon, but like. There are people coming to Mike's defense and, oh, I hope that this is enough. Uh, I, I'm sorry that these crybabies out there think that that everyone needs to be coddled. And I'm sorry that you didn't win a participation trophy. And like, oh, oh, yeah, no. There, yeah, there's some. Yeah, no, I'm 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 fucking done with Rift Tracks. So, yeah, you, you all got upset over fucking haircuts. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. <laughs> You don't get to say that this is coddling anything. Yeah. So that's so that's the end of Rift Tracks, and that's the end of this week's movie, Missile to the Moon. It's still worth watching if you're a fan of Fred Willard, and if you go on Tubi TV, you can watch it for free without having to pay Mike Nelson's pocket. Yeah. Next week, we are continuing our Summer of Fred Willard with a movie I've never seen before, but I'm happy to see it. Uh-huh. The Method Man and Red Man pot collegiate comedy, How High. Have you ever seen this movie, Bunny? No, not sure I've even heard of it. It's two rappers and they're best friends and they somehow get enrolled in like Harvard or Princeton or some shit. It's basically like a, like a typical college comedy, except the stars are two best friend rappers who smoke a shit ton of weed. I, and Fred Willard is in it and I'm hoping to God, he's the cranky Dean. Yeah. Fingers crossed that Fred Willard is the Dean. And yeah, he's like, oh, that would be nice. I'm gonna stop you guys from smoking on my campus. And that's, <laughs> that's fingers crossed. That's what happens. It's already on the shared cough cough. Okay. I think it's H H two thousand one, if I'm not mistaken. And also next week we talk about Irish Dracula, and very excited about that. So that's next week. Next week is going to be a good episode of the show. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, the highs and the lows, Maxwell. And um, goat testicles, Tulsa, Oklahoma, yes. and uh, Tenet, 
I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. Okay, good, good. I was gonna say the same thing, but it, you decide that you decide that uh, ranking, and and I didn't want to step on your toes or anything like that. But yes, I agree. I concur yes. with your assessment, good sir. Yes. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of uh, Natasha, Emerald, Bella, Amber, and everybody else in this crazy house, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! And you podcast? Nice. Do 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 do